0: Hey friends, Pastor Brandon here, and we are so excited that you logged on to stream our sermon content here at Community Covenant Church. We pray that it is uh, helpful, enjoyable, and that will help you grow into all that God has created you to be. We have other ways that we help you grow here. And first, that is through our gatherings on the weekend. Um, And it's also in groups as we gather together as the church uh, beyond the weekend. Um, And we are applying this sermon content and the gospel to our lives. And then lastly through mission opportunities both serving inside and outside the local uh, church and so what we pray is that this sermon content uh, is in no way replacing a meaningful relationship between you and a local church whether that's our church or another one in our area uh, we just would pray that this is supplemental to you and not a replacement of a meaningful engagement with a local church and so just praying uh, for you as you continue to grow and pray that God continues to uh, help you connect to a group of people that love you and know you. Blessings. Hey, Good morning. So excited to be with you this morning. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors uh, here, and uh, excited to see uh, every kid, every, uh, from kids to adults, um, that were here, over 300 people here at the, uh, at the, at this, in our campus every day uh, this week. And, and uh, what I said to the kids on the last day was, uh, we don't believe that kids are the church of tomorrow. We don't. We believe they're the church of today. And they're here, and they're a part of the church, and they're a part of the things going on. And, and their lives matter just as much as adults do. So, man, we're not waiting for them to become the church. They're the church. And that's why we do everything that we do in a week, like Summer Challenge, and uh, excited to be here. So we're going to chat a little bit today from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, and so if you want to grab the Bible that's on your seat, um, it's page number 155 uh, this morning. Page number 155, we're going to be hanging out there. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about parenting, um, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun lots of fun parenting, that parenting thing so uh, I had the same moment with two of my boys my wife Connie and I, we have a 13 year old son named Jaden and a 5 year old son named Channing and I had the same moment with both boys I realized who let me raise another human being (laughs) Like, the powers that be, the theys of the world, wherever they are, like, who thought it was a good idea for a human to take care of another human? And, like, let's not even, we're not talking about the soft skills here. Like, I mean, I'm just talking basic, hard skills. Like, I'm expected to give this human food every single day. Like, I have a hard time giving me food every single day, and yet now I've got to give this person food every single day, and let alone like, the first time you read their text messages when we're 13. Can I get an amen, right? Like, let's forget about all of that stuff, uh, because, because really when you're, when, you're, when you're interacting with it, like, you are responsible for another human being. It's, it's just mind-blowingly crazy, Right? And so, so when I realized this, I'm like, okay, I'm responsible for another human life. I realized, okay, I need to learn some things. Don't, you, don't we need to learn some stuff every once in a while? Right? So the first thing I could think of, right, just so everyone does this in the 21st century, Google it. Google that sucker, man. we got to figure out how to parent. we got to Google. So I just did this simple Google search. Okay, parenting. what is parenting like? What is parenting like? And so the, the, the different, you know, just the, the immense amounts of wisdom that we have in the world today, right? Come on, can I, do you understand that? Like the, the depths and the way that all these humans interacting with this thing called the internet, sharing lots of valuable information. So I said, okay, what is parenting like? The first thing I saw was this. Parenting is like folding a fitted sheet. No one really knows how, right? I'm like, okay, we, we're starting, starting shallow, but that's okay. But parenting is, but then I saw this one, parenting is easy. It's like riding a bike, except the bike is on fire, and you're on fire, and everything's on fire, and you're in hell, right? Like that's, that's what parenting's like. But parenting is like, stare, that is like this next one, you are the parent. You are. You do not have to sing Baby Shark if you don't want to, right? Or parenting, maybe for you, it's, it's kind of like this. Uh, raising teenagers is like trying to nail Jello to a tree. You've been there. Just a few more. I was just searching for wisdom at this moment of like, truth when I needed to figure out how to parent. Parenting is when going to the grocery store alone is like a spa day. Right? How many have snuck off to Target? Every hand go up. Come on. Every hand go up. You're like, I, I got to go to Target. For what? Nothing. Nothing. I don't have to go to Target for anything, but I'm going to spend $300 when I go. Parenting is like looking both ways before you cross the street and then getting hit by an airplane, (laughs) right? And then last but not least, everybody's favorite, parenting is a lot like the bar scene. Everyone's yelling, everything's sticky, and occasionally someone pukes somewhere that they shouldn't, right? Everyone on a hard note. But over the last 13 years, here's what I've learned. That parenting is not like any of that. Parenting is like your heart leaving your body, and walking around outside of you. Parenting is like, like your heart just wa- le- somehow leaving your body, and you're watching it walk around outside of you. And the reason why that is such a big thing, I think, is because deep down, as humans, we know that the most important thing that we ever do might not be something we do, but someone we raise. I think we know this down at like the the depths of our soul that the most important contribution that we make to the world might not be something we do. It might not be a job or a project. It might not be a promotion. It might ever be anything except for the little ones that are that we're raising through our home. And whether or not you are have little guys at home, or maybe they're all in teenage world and they're kind of spreading around, or maybe they're in and out. They've been out of the house for decades. It doesn't negate the fact that we're all still. Parents, and that the most important contribution you ever have might not be something you do, but someone you raise. You know, here's what's so cool about this: is that God actually feels the same way about your kids that you do. In fact, probably more than you. This is what the Bible says about your children. Psalm 127 um, talks about it this way: Children are a gift from the Lord; they, reward, they are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands how joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, my quiver is full of two. Some of you, you have six. Lord bless you, you have a lot of joy in your life. Your quiver is much larger than some others. We all have different quiver capacities, don't we? And, and, uh, and some of us are quivering in the corner even now as we think about parenting, right? Um, but here's the thing is that God feels this way. that children are a joy, a reward. Jesus even says this in Matthew 19. He talks, about it. he talks about children this way. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. You know what Jesus does there when he says that? He inextricably links the way we feel for our children with the way God feels about you. You know, like at that, that moment, like you know something about Psalm 127. We, we, when you see a kid, whether you have a kid or not, when you see children doing their deal, right? They're just having fun, hanging out, just being children. When you see a bunch of, like there's something good and right about 20 preschoolers singing how awesome God made the world, right? There's something good and right and whole about that. Because here's the thing is that what, 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 what Jesus does here is he links how he feels for you with that feeling that you have for children, he says, you know what, there's something about that right there. Something, you know, like the moment where you just stop and you stare at your kids and you're like, how, when did you learn how to do that? Or like that first moment that they give you a look and you're like, wow, you look exactly like me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm parenting me. I'm parenting me. Right? It's those moments. In fact, Jesus' mother, Mary, at one point, that Luke mentions that she, she would stare at Jesus, not say anything, but just store all that she saw in her heart. It's something about parenting that just, just connects us with the God of the universe. And this is what Jesus says, is that the way that you feel about children, the way that you feel about your children, that moment, that, those feelings, those times where you just start crying for no reason, right? Not because you're stressed out, but because you love them. You say, I can't believe I feel this way. Th- didn't you realize, like, when you, when you walk into your kid's room and you stare at them sleeping in the crib, and you're just like, I want to make sure that their chest is still rising up and down, number one. But two, I just want to stare at them. I just stare at them. He says, that moment, there's something about that that's showing the world what God is like. And so we've got to understand, what, what about this whole thing? If we're expressing the heart of God in our parenting, if we're expressing the heart of God when we interact with children, if that's what we're responsible to do, how do we do that? Right, that's gonna kind, of, kind of weight. He's heavy. It's all this stuff. But how do we do this in a way that actually glorifies God? That's where Deuteronomy chapter six comes in. If you pull your Bibles out, there's a man named Moses. He's the leader of the entire nation of Israel. He's like the president of Israel. Um, there is one of those now. This is like the first one. It's like the George Washington of Israel. And he's saying he's 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 announcing to them a whole list of things that they should remember about how to live like God. Here's everything that you should know about God. Here's everything that you should do in order to live like him. And the core center of this book is this Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 through 9. And this is what Moses is going to teach the nation of Israel. He says this. He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you are on the road, and when you are going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so he's he's literally telling the nation of Israel, he says, I need you to understand that you have a major role in continuing on with creation, we continue on into this nation, the success of these people. You have a major role in that. And I think for us as parents, we can pull some wisdom from the scriptures and what, they, what Moses is telling uh, this nation of Israel. We can pull some wisdom for us as parents of how to parent, um, like we express the heart of God to the world. And so number one, this is what Moses says, He says, you need to dive into God with every aspect of your being. He says, you want to be a successful parent? You want to be a successful leader in your home? You want to be a successful person? You need to dive into God with every aspect of your being. He says, you need to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Everybody has a North Star. Everybody does. Everyone has this guiding, whether it's a principle or a, another, another family member, or some sort of list of teachings, or something, whether it's your, just yourself and your own desires, whatever it is, everybody has a North Star. Everybody lives a certain way of life. And so you've got to figure out, what is that North Star for you? And what Moses is saying, you want to be successful at this thing called life, you want to you go, go to town, you want to be a great parent, the first thing you should do is to dive into god with every aspect of your being all of your heart your soul your mind and your strength you need to like learn things about him you need to express emotions with him you know that god is this this all-encompassing person that engages with us in every aspect of our life and so you got to understand okay what is the north star for your family What is the North Star? Because here's the thing. If you don't have a North Star, we'll talk about this a little bit in a second too. If you don't have a North Star, you're going to make decisions that are very short uh, in tenure. And you're going to make decisions maybe more on the fly. And it might be a bit emergent. You might need to course correct at different points. But you know what? A ship always has a destination. And they have lots of tools to help you get to that destination. And oftentimes, most of the time when a ship will change directions quickly, it's because there's an emergency coming. But many of us, we parent and we live our lives just around those emergencies and we never have a destination in play. And what Moses is teaching us here is you need to let God be your north star. You want to have like a meaning, a full life? You want to have a life of meaning? It needs to start with the one who created you. Now, look, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that we bump into when, when someone says the word like creation or someone says the word like, who, like, like God wants to be with you. There's all sorts of things that we begin to, uh, that, you know, drum up when we hear sorts of thing, those sorts of things. But here's, the, here's what Moses is ultimately saying. He said, man, the one who created you, the one person that actually has a vision for your life, a design for your life, if you live it his way, you're going to have the best life ever. It might not mean like you have this incredible amount of money in the bank account. It might, might, not, might not mean that. There's, everything's perfect from here on out. But you will live a full life because the one who created you, the one that designed you, the one that knows how you should live, is the one directing you. And so instead of us maneuvering through life, just trying to get around emergencies or just trying to gather up as much time as you can, how many know those weeks go by pretty quickly sometimes, right? Those nights, like you're like, man, I just want to have dinner. The last time we had dinner together was like 14 days ago, right? But if you have a North Star, if you have a guiding force, a a direction, and what Moses is saying, the best one out of everyone, you all have one, the best one is God. God. And if you did it with your strength, with all of your heart, with your mind, and with your soul, you'd have rest, you'd have meaning, you'd have purpose. And he said the direction of your life will be completely dictated by the person of God. He said dive into God with every aspect of your life. He deserves that. He deserves that. And you'll live the best life ever. But then he continues on. Look at what he says. After he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he continues he says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. And so he says, if you want to be a successful parent, you want to be successful at living, you want, to have, you want to have joy in life, know your season. Know your season. He says, we dive into God with every aspect of your life, but realize your life has seasons. I love the quote where it says, the days are long, but the years are short. Right? When you think about your kids, you're like, how am I at this graduation already? Or how am I at this wedding day already? Grandkid, we got grandkids coming already? We look back, like, I remember when you were, were born. right? We know these, every, our life is split up into seasons. Whether that's grandparenting season, whether that is parenting season, whether that is just trying to figure out how to be married before you have kids. Uh, maybe that's just just being a single well wherever you're at in your life you all have seasons parenting is an incredible season of everyone's life a lot of us though what we do is we get caught up in the identity of being a parent we get caught up in the identity that I am a parent and that when kids leave we try to figure out what in the world's going on because we don't know who we are anymore and we step into this season of like of soul searching all of a sudden because we don't know ourselves away from parenting Well, we need to know that we're in a season that it's not our identity. And so every, every, you know, every child's life or the season of parenting, they, they're split up into little tiny seasons. And what, what Moses is saying here is you want to be successful, you want to have wisdom, you want to do all this stuff well. He says you need to, to teach the commands that I'm giving you to your children. Teach them. And every season of your kid's life, there are going to be different ways that you teach them. There's going to be different ways that you teach them. There's a few pastors, friends of, of ours, have used this breakdown um, that I'll show you. But there's really four seasons of parenting. The first one is the discipline season. It's the zero to five-year-old stage. It's like also called the white-knuckle season, right? Like, just got to get through the night. Just got to get through the night. Days are long, years are short. Days, days are really long. Days are really long. The discipline season. And it's basically the time where your kid is realizing that his action or her actions have consequences, this is the time that you're realizing, okay, if I press something, something happens. This is cause and effect. They're realizing, okay, I am alive and I'm engaging with the family. Right? They're, pretty much, they're basically dependent on you for everything in their life at this point. And you're just trying to just soak up the days of just holding them in your hands. They still want you know, to be held by you. They still want to do all that fun stuff. But it's this discipline season where you're we're kind of teaching them that, that, that their actions have consequences, that they are a functioning part of society. But then you move into training, ages 6 to 12, where you're teaching them how to do life. Like, hey, this is how you tie your shoes. Hey, don't say those words. That's embarrassing. Right? This all, whether it's all over the case. This is also the time when you, all, you might get some really good training from the strangers at Stop and Shop, right? You might, you might be there. I don't know you've ever been in there before. Like, let me teach you how to do something right now, that's always a blessing when strangers feel like they want to train you. Um, but you, you move into a season of training. You're teaching them how to do things, right? Just the basic things like, hey, hey, when you hit 12, deodorant. Man, we got we to gotta be wearing some deodorant. We got to... And, and you're, you're like, hey, here's how you brush your teeth. And, and here's how you uh, just do, here's how you eat right, right? Like, I remember when our kids, you know, boys were, were little, uh, this five-year-old, so they we're going through it, we're chanting right now. And you're like, man, I got a bunch of little gremlins. Like, they're just eating, like, everything. And like, no, don't eat that on the floor. Like, that rice dropped six days ago. Don't eat that. That's, that's gross. Don't do that. And, like, oh, we also need to sweep our floors, right? So that's uh, both and there. I just, like I said, I don't know why they gave me these kids. It's crazy. But you, these tra- this training season is how you tie your shoes. You put your clothes on. And, and you're going through all sorts of days like that. You, then you move into coaching. Right? 12 to 18. And, and, and this is really where you start to get, you know, this is where you read the text messages for the first time and you learn their thoughts and you, you, you like cry yourself to sleep after you do that for the first time. Thinking like, man, I can't believe they're at this stage already and we got to coach them how to do their training well. What they learn in this training season, they're going to remember for the rest of their life. That's literally at different parts of who you are right now. When you feel immense comfort, when you feel immense comfort, it's oftentimes something that you are learning in this season. If you feel immense anxiety, man, we, we work in marriages all the time, and sometimes it, it does come back to this season of training and coaching where there's deep anxiety because it is so important in this, in this time frame. And then from 18 plus, you move into friendship. But some wisdom that was shared at one point with us is, is a lot of times as parents, what we try to do is we either try to speed up these seasons or we slow them down. And we start disciplining season a little too late. Or we start friendship season a little too early. And we move through these and we, we, we kind of get our job descriptions mixed up. Teaching your children, especially teaching your children the way of Jesus, teaching your children to become followers of Christ, will have different seasons at different times. And what you're going to do is you're going to take on these job descriptions as parents and say, okay, i got to coach you to be a follower of Christ at 13. Because everyone has had that, that fight in the morning to come to church on a Sunday. It's my only day I can sleep in, right? Like it's, I, I want to sleep in on Sundays and we've had that fight. And it's, there's a coaching that's taking place. But it's built off the foundation of training. And it's hard. It's just hard, right? There's nothing easy about it. Everyone's got those fights. It's always difficult. But we know that each season is a season. There's something else coming. So you want to know your season. And Moses is saying, if you want to be successful, you want to, you want to be at the core center of, of your declaration uh, that, that Jesus is Lord, you should love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, strength. Know what season you're in as a parent, but know what season you're in in life. Maybe you're in grandparent season, right? And you're not the parent anymore, right? And all the parents in here that wanted to say that to their parents, you can thank me later, right? Like you're no, you're no longer the parent. You're the grandparent. And that's a different season, And you should let the parent parent in a good way. You let them go. Sometimes at 18 plus, you're still trying to train and coach. You say, no, 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 don't do that. Be their friend right now. They need a a buddy at 19 years old, at 20 years old, at 25 years old. So know your season. If you want to teach and train your children the commands of Christ, know your season. So so this is what Moses said. You want to to be great parents? You want to be just great at this whole thing called life and live fully alive? He says you want to dive into God with every aspect of your being. You want to know your season. Number three, um, not only do you want to know your season, you want to be a meaningful part of a local healthy church or a healthy local church. Now, I know he doesn't say that, but let me just say that. Let Let me explain this to you. He says this. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly. Verse seven, he says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. And so verse eight, tie them to your hands, right? So this is a very Jewish practice. You might see it today if you're going through different uh, high, uh, high population areas with a whole lot of Jewish people. They'll have little phylacteries or things tied to their head or to their wrists, if you go your homes, in their homes, you'll see different things as well. But what they do is they put little scripture verses in those things, and they put them on their head because they are literally living this verse out. But for us, we, you know, we don't do that. Uh, but, but if you want to apply this verse, it's basically this whole idea. It says you want to be devoted fully to the things that the scriptures teach. And you want to know them and be devoted to them, be shaped by them. If you need a North Star, you know, it could, it's not just your, your, your soccer teams and it's not just your different, but, but being a part of a, local, a healthy local church will, will far outlast any sort of season that you're currently in. Here, I say this to parents all the time. A lot of times we build our community as, as young families. We build our community based off our kids' interests, and so, man, they're dancing. We got our dancing friends. We got our soccer friends. We got our, uh, you know, our coding friends. If your kids are in all sorts of those, we, we build our friends because we're, what, we're, what are we doing? We're just pretty much bouncing our kids around from thing to thing to thing to thing. And so our friends become the friends, the parents of the kids that are in the same thing. But guess what happens? They stop. I talk to so many families in their 40s that have no friends. Why? Because you think, man, well, I'll be friends with these people forever. I'll be friends with these people forever. But no, because the community changes when that thing stops. So you want your, kid, you want your kids to continue on to soccer until they're, you know, 20. eventually they don't need you to take them to the games anymore. Eventually, they don't need you to do that. So the the best thing to do is to be a part of a community that outlasts any season of your life. And there's a really, really cool community called the church that has existed for 2,000 years. Hasn't gone away yet. Just keeps going every Sunday. And every week, there's a local church in your neighborhood, whether that's Community Covenant Church or any other church, because there's something more to life than just going from event to event. There's something more to life than just the parenting season that we're in. Being a part of a healthy local church is what will give you ways to experience parenting, ways to experience anything that's happening in a brand new way. You know what I love? What I love just watching, um, just the, the preschoolers that were there. You know, the average age of that of the people on the on the, well, the most of the volunteers on that sta- on the stage just a second ago were like they're all like 15 and 16 years old. I love that. I love that because there won't be another place that will help your kid become what they were designed and created to be better than the local church. Better than, there's no other place equipped to do it better than a community like the church. And so, man, I would encourage you, if you want to be like a fully engaged parent, become a part of a community that doesn't have a season. It, we have everyone from 85 years old all the way down to eight months old. The youngest one, I think, is like three weeks in here. And if Bob Trekler's here, he's the oldest. So if I, if I, if I. Love Bob. Bob's one of my best friends. Yeah, he, got, he just asked me, Do you know where I can find a good church? I got plenty, plenty in my. We have multi generations in the local church. You know why? Because there's no season to the, de- to the declaration that Jesus is Lord, there's no season. And and here's the thing. If you find yourself outside the parenting season, sometimes you're waiting for people to call and ask you for help. Or maybe they are call to ask you for advice. Find a young family because they're drowning. They're drowning and they need some love. They need some love. Become a grandparent to a family in the church. Love on them. Encourage them. If you're a young family in here today and you are drowning, Find a minute, call someone, find them in the lobby here on Sunday. Engage in community, because we grow best together in community. Your friends will dictate the quality and the direction of your life. And you need to be in a group of people that aren't just based off the fall soccer season. Your relationships are incredibly important. And he said, you want to be just great parents? You want to be great, like just great at living? He says, tie these commands, the the, the scriptures of God, tie them to your foreheads, tie them to your arms, tie them everywhere so that you can become a part of an incredible journey of a group of people that announce that Jesus is Lord. Become fully devoted to that. And your life will change. Your life will change if you do that. So Moses is saying, "Okay, you want some wisdom, parents? <laughs> you want some parents? We all need wisdom, right? We're not going to Google it. Let's go to the Bible." He says, "Dive into God with all of who you are." He says, "Know know your season. You want to teach your kids as you go, as they're throughout their day to day. You're teaching them how to do all of that." He says, "You know, be a part of a local, a healthy local church." But the last thing I think he teaches us here, in, in verse nine, he says, "Have deep family values." Deep family values. Verse nine says, "Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." How many have little quotes on their walls in their house? Right? It's probably something like love, eat, pray, you know, repeat stuff like that. You know, all those fun things. You know, something romantic and Italian, most likely. Um, it, it, actually, if you go into different places, you'll see. You know, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and you have all these different things that go on your walls and on your uh, your the, the doorposts of your house. But but what he's saying is, what Moses is saying, if you don't know your values, you will always settle for what you want the most. If you don't know what you value the most, you will settle for what you want right now. And that's what I was saying earlier, is you will navigate from emergency to emergency to emergency, and that's where you feel just completely overwhelmed in life. He says if you should know your values, if you know your values... You'll have a guiding North Star as you pursue God for in his direction, his design for your family. If you pursue God, you will have values that far outlast anything that you have. Your values, you won't look back and think, oh man, where did all that time go? You'll be able to see, okay, here's what we value, here's what we're doing, and here's how we live that out as a family. You will know what your values are based off what you reinforce day to day to day. That's the culture of your family. What, what are the things that you keep saying? And every season, I'm sure, you have different little values or different little settings. There are others that just follow their way through. What are the things that you say all the time? Besides don't eat that or all those, you know, put the odor in on. Obviously, we value those sorts of things. But what are the things that you, what are the values that you continue to reinforce? As grandparents, how do you value, how do you reinforce the values into your kids and into your grandkids? As as parents, whether you've got, you got babies or you're, they're getting ready to graduate this year, how do you reinforce those values through those different seasons? Because honestly, if we don't know what we value the most, we will settle for what we want right now. And that doesn't ever, doesn't, that doesn't ever navigate us into a good direction. And so for us as a family, we have a few values that we talk about quite a bit. Um, if you go to the next slide there. Um, the, the first one we talk about is all the time is we want to work hard and play hard want to work hard and play hard we we tell our kids school is your work like it's i go to work every single day mommy goes to work every single day you jaden you go to work when you go to school you want to you just want to be incredible at work when you go to work you are glorifying god with every part of your body it's incredible to do that but your life is not just about work it's also about you got some you got to play hard too so we have no qualms every once in a while we pull that sucker out of school and we go do something fun because we think it's so much fun to say, hey, you know what? Let's take a day uh, to do that. Let's take a day to do that. You've got to work hard, and you've got to play hard. Often, my conversation with him is, you need to work a little harder because you're playing, you're playing really well, but you've got to work a little harder. We've got, we got to do a little bit of that. But, but we, we see other kids, they're like, they're so serious. Man, you gotta, can you go outside and ride a bike, man? Like, go get dirty by a creek and drink from the hose, man. You've got to settle down a little bit. You've got to work hard, and you've got to play hard. To do that. And, and you'll come up with these values as you go. What are you, you'll notice the things that you say all the time, but there's things that have become guiding forces in your life. Uh, the other thing we talked about is lying breaks for relationships. We want to teach our boys to be the most honest uh, and full of integrity people that they can ever become. And we, we tell them all the time if we know, we can help. And we don't ever, we don't, well, we try hard. <laughs> You know, we don't we try really hard not to freak out when they tell us things right because let's talk about it. like every like when a 13 year old tells you something and you like you like you know volcanic eruption right like like okay what happened after the fire jaden i kind of like tell us more i guess you know but 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 we always, we want you to be we, we if you tell us we can help but they get so scared so insecure about being able to say something so we, but we ultimately every once in a while they decide, you know let's skirt away from the truth so, J.D., you know, you know, lying breaks relationships. That's what that does. You hide something. You hide the truth. Not only will you be in a situation that you might not want to be in, but you might break our relationship. And we, want to never, we never want to be in that position. So lying breaks relationships. Another value that we talk about is we always want to parent towards the relationship, not towards the behavior. Um, and, and, and this is what we mean by that. We, if, we, if you focus on the behavior, you'll get the behavior. But in the seasons that I've, we've seen this just multiple times over and over and over again, when we drill down hard on a behavior, we are most disconnected from our kids. This is just our story. You might do this much better than you. The odds are you're all better parents than I am anyway. So, but, but, but when we get to the point where we really say we need to drill this behavior out, it's oftentimes we'll have a two or three day just kind of a distant period. But what we want to do, if, if we parent towards the relationship, like, I want our kids to want to be with us when they don't have to be. That's, that, I mean, I just have a dream that when, when, when they don't have to be around us, that they want to be around us. And if you parent towards a relationship, here's what I've seen, just with my experience, you will get the behavior because you will be modeling to them what it's like to be a follower of Christ, to be just a good person, whatever, to be a good worker, whatever the case is. If you're working with them, and you've seen it, if you work around in the yard, you bring your kid around with you, Right? They they're, they're going to start modeling their behavior after your behavior because you're focusing on the relationship, and so for us we've just in, engaged with that. But but here's a little tip you know a little little tip for you to figure these out. At the end of the day, what is it that you want your family to be known for? What do you want your family to be known for? Um, when when I think back when I sit back and I think okay, what's the one thing like if if. If there's only one thing that we could do, if the values could create one goal or one thing that I'm known for, what would be my legacy be if I were to let this go? I sit back and I think, "What, what would I want that to be? And and obviously you think like, okay you're sitting at a funeral and what do you want people to say you're like oh that's really kind of sad and dreary right well it's a rainy Sunday morning so I guess that works today um, but it's kind of, but but here I I, I heard this talked about a pastor talked about this one time he said that might be sad to think about it that way but nothing sadder than waking up at the end of your life and realize none of your values are in place and so for you what are those things? What are those things? And I would encourage you maybe this week, uh, breakfast time or lunchtime or something like that, maybe you and your spouse are just by yourself in some quiet time. What do you want to be known for as a follower of Christ or maybe if you're not a follower of Christ in here, just a, just a great parent? What do you want to be known for? What do you want your kids to be known for? What do you want them to be complimented by? And those are the values that you have. And you know how often I have conversations where none of those things have to do with a dollar sign? Oftentimes we have goals for our kids that they don't have. And we have aspirations for them that they don't even want. And we think, man, maybe money might be the thing. And we spend our adult life choosing to pursue the dollar sign. But when I sit back and I talk to a family, what do you want to be known for? What do you want your legacy to be? Often, it's not your 401K, and it's not your paycheck. It's often, I want my kids to become followers of Jesus. I want my kids to have awesome lives. There's a legacy that you want to leave behind. And so today, what is it for you? What kind of parent do you want to be? What kind of grandparent do you want to be? The first thing you got to do, you got to dive into God with everything, Dive into God with everything. Let him be your North Star. Let him be the one dictating everything for you. Your strength, your mind, your soul, your heart. Let him dictate everything for you. Because he says if you do it the way that he designed you to, you will live a full life. He says know your season. You teach your kids day in, day out, differently from season to season. What is that season for you? He says be a part of a, a healthy local church. Because there's no other community that will outlast any other community in the world. We don't want to build our community based off interest. We don't want to build our community based off the values that we have. He says, lastly, man, have deep family values. Because this is what Charles Spurgeon says. This is what Charles Spurgeon said. is an old preacher, teacher guy. He says, if you don't have the headaches of parenting, You'll have the heartaches of when they grow up. We're all in this unique season, whether it's grandparenting or parenting, or maybe pre-parenting. We're all in this unique season, and if you want to live fully alive, you gotta take some headaches every once in a while. Are we tracking this morning, right? So. Uh, <laughs> that's a,